welcome to Rock Candy. Hello. I'm Maggie. I'm Ashley. And welcome to your usual weekly little tidbits of music, facts, knowledge, and other basic trivia. But these are even more tidbitter. <laughs> Tiddly bittier? <laughs> Tiddly bittier. <laughs> oh, and that works perfectly because it's Valentine's Day week. Yay. Yay. We're doing mini episodes. Yeah. So... You know, we're going to start off, I mean, knowing us, they're not really going to be that many. They're probably going to be at least an hour long, but whatever. But that's like many for us, so you're welcome. <laughs> if you need it, if you need a quick fix, it's only an hour. This week we will be actually covering sexy sax solos. And by the end of the episode and the end of these beers, you're not going to be able to say that. <laughs> sexy sax solo. We're going to be saying it so many times, it's not even going to make any sense anymore. Sexy sax solos. <laughs> uh, <laughs> tonight's episode is going to pair really well with, what is that, Boulevard Brewing? Uh, Boulevard Brewing Company's Love Child. Sour Ale. Yeah. And it is tasty. It's delicious. It's real good. So get it. Get your get hands it. on it. Absolutely. Definitely. I would like to say that this episode is near and dear to my heart because as a band geek, the first instrument I ever learned was the saxophone. Aww. Is yeah. that why we're doing this episode? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really just because I'm a fucking band geek who's like, yeah, saxophones, we don't get our due. No, you don't. We don't. Yeah. They, I mean, everybody's like, oh, that's a nice saxophone solo. But in the end of it all, nobody, nobody gives the saxophone people credit. Just no. let it go. That's and it's up. It's almost a thing of the past now. Yeah, and I mean, sad. there are some songs, one one of which we will get into. It's a more recent song. Mm-hmm. Lady Gaga uses sax solos, she which does. is good. So She's bringing some, it back. Some are trying to bring it back. So respect. <laughs> respect the saxophone. Yeah. But there was a long time in the 80s, Ooh. maybe the 90s, where like every song had a sax. It was not a song. It was not a top 10 hit. Yeah. Unless it had a saxophone solo. It didn't solo. count if there was no saxophone. Right. You were not a band right. if you didn't have at least one sexy sax <laughs> solo. Maybe that's why Hall & Oates was so popular. Pro tip, drink along this episode and drink every time I say sexy, sexy sax, sax solo. <laughs> You're Our welcome. podcast is a drinking game. We've Yay! made it. This is, this is how we know we've made it. We're done. That's Where's it. it? You know what? Bye, guys. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks for the fun. Thanks for the four episodes. This is great. <laughs> Oh, man. Right. Okay, so should we do our first one? And by the way, these are in no particular order. Oh, no. We each picked three that we thought were the, some of the best. And then we have our honorable mention that we'll right. get to at the end of the episode. So you want to go first? Well, actually, you should go first. Oh, I, okay, I'll go Your first. song is technically the first one. All right. Well, the first song we have is Midnight City by M83. Yeah, the song is great. That song makes me weirdly happy sad. Yeah. Which I don't understand what that feeling is, but (laughs) I just drink it away. (laughs) But this is probably, I think this is episode five now. This is probably the most contemporary band we've talked about yet. Mm -hmm. It might be one of the most contemporary bands we listen (laughs) to. We're ever going to talk about and actually listen to. But this song actually came out in 2011. Oh, yeah. And 
you know, there was huge dry spell when it came to saxophone solos between the 80s and now. Yeah. So it was pretty refreshing to see a pop song yeah. have a really awesome saxophone solo in it. And it was a, yeah, it was a great solo. Fantastic. It's not just some bu- bullshit one. It's right, a real one. Right. And actually, the solo is done by the saxophone player from Fits in the Tantrums. <gasps> Who is one of our favorite bands? Oh my god, another contemporary band though. Another by the contemporary way. Look band at us. that we love. Guys, we're relevant. We don't just talk about classic rock. I promise. We're not that old. <laughs> we aren't though. We just we, really we have not. old music souls. Yeah. So uh, Anthony Gonzalez, the guy from M83, mm-hmm. um, he said of the saxophone solo, sometimes a song needs an element to be finished. You know that this element has been overused in the past and is considered cliched or cheesy, but the song needs it. And that song needs it. It needs it. It makes it. It makes it. It, it makes really it. does. It's a fucking fantastic song. And I, f- I think I like it a lot because it wouldn't be out of place in the Stranger Things soundtrack. Oh, no. But at the same time, it's it's contemporary and it's new and it's something we haven't heard yeah that's actually a really valid point that song is like stranger things it very much is where it has that nostalgic older feel but it's new yeah and that that kind of like weird buzzing synthesizer mm. kind of um sound that is actually in the stranger things theme yeah it's I very similar it. to that. It is. I didn't even think about it. That's a great point. Yeah, they should sneak that in there for season three. Like somehow at the very end, maybe, oh, here's them in the future and just play the song. <laughs> and I'll be like, well, I already love this show, but now I really love this show. I'm all about it. Oh, man. No, that's, that's a great point. I do remember the first time I heard it. I was all about the song anyway. I was like, this is a fun song. Yeah. You're using synth. It's just really cool. It's a great nighttime driving song. Mm-hmm. And then they got to the end with the sax solo. I'm like, stop. Fuck this. I'm oh, done. my God. It's too good. <laughs> we don't deserve this. We don't deserve you, M83. We don't. Oh, God. It's so good. They also, he, granted, he uses sax solos in a bunch of other songs, too. Mm-hmm. So not to discount those, but this is the best one. Absolutely. Easily. Definitely. Definitely. So the next song that we think has a nice, great, smooth sax solo is Bruce Springsteen's Secret Garden. Mm-hmm. My. No, it is. It's a smooth solo. I don't care what anybody says. It's a nice, smooth, thoughtful solo. And Bruce Springsteen is known for his sax solos, so I feel like we'd be doing a disservice to not put a Bruce Springsteen song on here. I don't know the saxophone player's name, but the the E Street Band was really had a good, you know, had a firm hand in helping Bruce Springsteen become who he is. Oh, yeah. I definitely think that that whole kind of blues sound really helped him because that was his the working class that was just who he was singing to Mm -hmm. and so when you get to that with the sax solos and all the blues sound it just kind of hits it home yeah so it's great but as far as this song goes 
it doesn't just come across to me as a basic love song. It's actually a really realistic love song. It's about slowly becoming closer with a guarded woman, or I guess a garden anybody, but the, he, she, he says she a lot, so. Becoming closer with a guarded woman, developing that deep, close relationship, but in the end, she still has that little part that's just for her. That's her me! Her secret garden, uh. if you would. <laughs> But seriously, and okay, the, sure. <laughs> but honestly, though, that's and that's everyone. Yeah. That's just how relationships work. It doesn't matter how close you get to someone. It doesn't matter how much you give up to someone. I think everyone will always have that little piece of themselves like, no, this is mine. You kind of have to. You do. Or else you lose who you are in a relationship. Yeah, that's, you know, you know, your friend who you don't see anymore because they're just they're just glued to their boyfriend or girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. You it's cause they don't know how to have like that separate part of themselves. It's like, but this is who I am yeah. to me. I mean, I don't even like to have joint bank accounts. Oh no. Let alone. <laughs> you know what? Pro tip. Don't have a joint bank. Don't account, do it. Because then you don't fight over money. Yep. There you go. As a married woman who doesn't have a joint bank account, let me tell you what makes our marriage work. That. Yeah. <laughs> and me in a relationship for three years, no joint bank accounts. Oh, no. yeah. The electric bill is even in my name. None of it's... <laughs> yeah. We separate bills. Oh, That's yeah. how you do it. So mm-hmm. the Secret Garden's really... This is how you handle a relationship. Keep your bills separate. Keep your <laughs> bank account separate. That's what Secret Garden is about. Thank you, Bruce Springsteen, Thanks, for Bruce that Springsteen. lesson. He's really smart. Uh, what I think is funny, the little tidbit. Some of you may recognize this song because it was released in 1995 on his greatest hits album, but it didn't gain popularity until 1996 when it was included on the Jerry Maguire soundtrack. Mm. And bits of dialogue were added in stupidly over the saxophone solos. That's what they did. That came that's out in the nineties, right? Yeah, ninety six, ninety seven. Yeah, and that's what they did. Do y'all remember that shit. the fucking Titanic song? My heart will go on, and they would throw dialogue over the instrumental parts. Yeah, that was just what they did in the late nineties. It was really, it was a quick, weird phase that we went through <laughs> in music, and I'm really glad it didn't stick because why would you cover those sweet sax solos with Tom Cruise? And Renee Zellweger. <laughs> this was before everybody knew that Tom Cruise was batshit insane. Touche. So. That is a really valid point. When America was still in love with him. and Oh, yeah. Like Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> oh, I forgot. Oh, Rosie. Oh, Come Rosie. On. She's what like, I'm straight. I love Tom Cruise. Koosh balls. <laughs> I love Rosie, though. No no disrespect to Rosie. You know, you gotta do what you gotta do. It's still the mid-90s. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of you gotta do what you gotta do, our next song is Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You. Yeah, that's a little bit predictable. I get it. I try. We tried to pick songs that weren't super predictable, but that one. But you kind of have to pick <sighs> the most popular single in recording history. Seriously, it's because so it has good. a really good saxophone solo. It's so good, though. Yeah, I mean, everybody kind of knows this because it's probably, I'd say, arguably Whitney's most favorite, famous song. And if you know anything, you know that it was actually written by Dolly Parton for her one-time partner and mentor, Porter Wet. Wagoner? Is that how you say his last name? Wagoner? 
I'm so sorry. I assume it's Wagoner. I'm so sorry. I butchered that. <laughs> which we can cover that whole story in another future podcast, which That we would will. be great if we did a Dolly Parton oh, podcast. We will. Don't you worry. If you're wondering, I, we I, will do a Dolly Parton. Oh, we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that. But it was super successful for Dolly. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like this was an obscure song and somebody's like, oh, this is good. I'm going to cover it. Like This was already a kind of popular song. Yeah. Everybody, at least with our parents' generation, knew the original yeah. by Dolly Parton. Yeah. And then, I mean, we were kids in the 90s when this came out. I didn't, I had never heard it before until Whitney did it. I very, very specifically remember um, right after the song came out, when I was a kid, we would have dinner as a family. Oh, and we would, family dinner. Yeah. And if we weren't uh, turning the TV around <laughs> so that we could all watch it while we were <laughs> eating dinner in the dining room. Yup. We had the radio on. And at one point we had the radio on and the Dolly Parton version came on. And I was like, this isn't Whitney Houston. What is this? <laughs> my parents were like, it's Dolly Parton. I was like, she can't sing. Oh. And I was, my parents were just like, I'm going to smack you if you don't Here's like, Here's like, when we were kids, we don't know any better. You don't know shit when We were just elementary kid. school kids. We didn't know. Right. We just thought, oh, what's well, that one I know. And I assumed that it was Dolly Parton doing a rendition of Whitney Houston right. song. So I was like, she shouldn't have done this. This is yeah. bad. But listening to it now, I'm like, I was such a fucking idiot when yeah. I was a kid. Well, yeah, similarly, when I found my dad's cassette tape of Ooh. Dolly Parton from the, I don't know, 70s, I think she recorded it, maybe 80s. And I saw it was I Will Always Love You. And I was like, what? And my dad's like, yeah, it's originally a Dolly Parton song. And I heard it. I was like, Psh, no, it's good. And now as a adult, I'm like, no, it's great. It's still great. I'm sorry. It's the most fantastic version. <laughs> well, what's funny, actually, is Whitney actually ended up deciding to cover it for The Bodyguard at the suggestion of Kevin Costner. Which, really? Yeah. Because huh. he played for her the Linda Ronstadt cover. I didn't know Linda Ronstadt Linda did Ronstadt, it. Linda There's a lot of covers of the song. Especially after Whitney did it. And especially yeah. after Whitney died. But. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he played her the Linda Ronstant version. She really liked it. She's like, I'm going to cover it. But Dolly Parton had heard she's covering it, and she heard she was doing the Ronstant version. And she's like, but let me let them know that you need to include the final verse because Linda Ronstant didn't. Uh-huh. So they almost left that whole last chunk out. Huh. So, yeah, a little interesting thing. And I guess Kenny Rogers, or Kenny Rogers, sorry, wrong Kenny. There's a couple of them. <laughs> Kenny G was a co-writer for the Bodyguard soundtrack. But the solo itself was actually performed by a man named Kirk Hallam. Wa- Kirk Hallam. Okay. I don't know if it's Hallam, but I'm saying it like that. I'm sorry. We're going to say it like that because it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> He's an American smooth jazz saxophonist and writer. He ended up going on tour with Whitney. They tried to do like a smooth jazz slash Whitney tour. It was okay. mixed reviews, mixed reviews because you had two very different crowds for it. Yeah. And I don't, I don't really see Whitney Houston doing smooth jazz. Yeah. Smooth Because there's, you know, I Am Every Woman and that sweet sax solo. I I honestly would pay to see that, though. But they're both good. Yeah. You know, I, I was I was fine with it. But, it, you know, overall, it's a great sax song. It's a great song in general. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm fine with all this. But you know what else is a great song? Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. Oh, my God, yes. She's like the wind. Okay, so that 
is off of the Dirty Dancing soundtrack. Mm, great movie. One of my favorite movies of all time. My mother's 100% favorite movie Aww. ever. I cannot tell you how many times I watched that movie when I was a kid because my mom loved it so much. I actually didn't see that movie until I was probably in college, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even now, really like, if, even now, if I'm at my mom's and it comes on TV, she will sit there and she will re- recite all of the, the lines to it while it's playing, Aww. which is great. And I will do it, too, because I know all the lines now, too. There but you anyway, go. <laughs> with a song. Yeah. So it was released in 1987, the same year that Dirty Dancing was released. Right. Um, and Patrick Swayze actually wrote it. Damn. Um, and performed it um, with his writing partner, oh. Stacey uh, Weidelitz. Now I have a question. Mm-hmm. Did we know before this that Patrick Swayze could write music and sing? Um, yeah. Oh. Because. <laughs> God, <laughs> I mean, of course I, we did. I didn't mean it like that. Patrick Swayze can do everything. <laughs> he can do everything. He, he was Patrick Swayze. Legitimately a true fact. Because, yeah. He actually wrote two songs for the Roadhouse soundtrack. And pretty much all, all of, well, most of the 80s movies that he was in, like Roadhouse, Dirty Dancing, whatever, he had some hand in the soundtrack. Oh, I'm all pretty right. sure. Or he at least tried to write songs. I got to brush up on my Swayze knowledge. Clearly. I didn't know this either until I did the research for this. There you go. But you um, the Swayze research. So this song in particular was supposed to be used in the movie Grandview USA as like a song for Jamie Lee Curtis's character. But uh, they obviously didn't end up using it. But then Patrick Swayze submitted it to the producers of Dirty Dancing and they loved it. So they took it and they used it for that soundtrack. So supposedly Dirty Dancing was going to be this like super low budget straight to DVD or DVD straight to video. (laughs) (laughs) I actually I even wrote straight to DVD movie (laughs) in my notes. Yeah, that's right. 1987. They're like, so we're going to put this on a DVD. And everyone's like, what? What? A DVD? (laughs) What? Is uh, it like a beta disc? (laughs) Laser disc? Oh, know. that's right. Laser disc. <laughs> um, so it was supposed to be low budget, straight to home video, whatever. So the producer, and the, since it was so low budget, the producers didn't have the money to pay for the rights to use the song. So Patrick Swayze and his co-writer ended up retaining 100% of the royalties and the um, copyright to the oh. song. So they got everything. And it went to number one. Good for him. So they got all that money. Damn. So I found a quote that was pretty funny. The song producer, Michael Lloyd, uh, walked up to the co-writer, Stacy, and said, do you know what we're doing today? When they were recording. <laughs> and I said, yeah, we're recording She's Like the Wind. <laughs> he said, no, we're recording a major hit song. And I said, Call my mother and let her know because she won't believe it either. Aww. Oh, and then it went to <laughs> number, number one. one. Jokes yep. on you. Jokes on you, pal. I mean, I guess that's not a joke because you won. <laughs> so good for you. But yeah, I don't know anything about the saxophone solo in it, but it's a good one. No, it's a real good one. And there's actually a couple of them. Yeah, but that's the best. They're very part. small, but throughout the whole song, there's these snippets of really awesome saxophone tidbits. In yeah. There. No, sometimes that's nice. Sometimes it's good to get a sax solo that's not necessarily a one-minute-long sax solo, but right. just a bunch of little 10-second sax solos kind of spread throughout, and that's when you know they mean it. 
They're like, nah, man. They're here for the long haul. I'm fucking going for it. We're going for the gold now. And we're going for the gold of saxophone solos. They did. They did it. They did. Good job. They were ready to they were ready to really kick up them boner jams. Good job, Patrick Swayze. Speaking of boner jams, I'm gonna go into what I think is probably the most boner jam if boner jammerific. There we go. There it is. (laughs) Sexy sax solo. That I think maybe exists, but I think the whole song is just a whole sexy time. It's in excess, never tear us apart. So good. just said about how awesome it is when you do a long solo spread throughout the song it's the only (laughs) solo in the song they play a little bit at the end but it's it's the only solo but it's a big impact god it's so good like you can just like (laughs) hear the sax the saxophone is saying yeah we're doing this (laughs) we're fucking balls to he nailed his balls to the walls while recording that he said wait 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 Give me a hammer and nails because I got to nail my balls to the walls right now with this fucking sax solo. And, you're, and it's so good. And you're going to fucking love it. Like, this whole song is, if your panties aren't down at the end, <laughs> then you are not capable of I've getting it up. I feel like that is the deal with most In Excess hits. Yeah. Because Michael Hutchins had oh. such a good voice. He really did. And he... It's a cute little guy. Yeah, and he had nice hair. Oh, he had great hair. Because curly hair is hard, and he did it. Now, granted, he probably got paid to have nice hair, but can you imagine? But also, it was the 80s, Mm. and a lot of people with naturally curly hair did not do themselves justice. Oh, no, they did not. But he did. No, he did a good job, definitely. Actually, um, it never peaked at number one, which is a disappointment. This was one of their lesser hits. Which is surprising because... I just feel like it never got the credit it deserved. When you remember an NXS song, you do kind of go with like... Um, Need You Tonight. Yeah, Need You Tonight and... And now I can't remember. Yeah, I had a bunch of them in my head earlier and now I can't remember because I've only got this one in my head. But this isn't the one that comes to the forefront of most of your minds. And it didn't for me either until over the summer I heard a cover, funny enough. Hmm. And I was like, this was a good song. And I looked at him like... This was a good song. <laughs> this is still a good song. It's still an amazing song. It's so good. It holds up. Mm-hmm. Perfect. That sax solo is great. I'd like to say that according to Wikipedia, they refer to it as a sensuous ballad. I okay, I just sure. really liked quote unquote Sensu- sensuous ballad. Drink. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't said sexy sax solo drink in a while, so drink when I say sensuous ballad. <laughs> the music was written by their keyboardist, Andrew Ferris, of course. It was in the tempo of a Viennese waltz, which when I read that, I was like, oh, yeah, no, I can hear that. I'm actually kind of surprised that nobody on Dancing with the Stars has taken this, or they could have. I don't know. I don't watch it. Yeah, I was going to say, but- Wait, you watch Dancing with the Stars? No. No. <laughs> And that's and that's you're all the better for it, really. Yeah. If I'm just gonna go it. with nobody's used this. 
Why and they should. would use this more. Uh, of course, Michael Hutchins did the lyrics, and the saxophone solo was by Kirk Pengilly, another Kirk. Maybe when your name is Kirk, you have an you know a real unique talent for the saxophone. I just like what other Kirks are there? The Kirk from the Whitney Houston song, Kirk oh, Wallum. Sorry, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> We're just, we are busy drinking. I don't have time to pay attention to your names. I'm just so excited about my choices. That I know. I'm, like, I'm excited yours. about saxophones, <laughs> and I'm excited about beer, and I can't stop. Mm-hmm. It was actually originally composed on the piano to be more of a blues-style kind of number. I can see that. In the style of a Fats Domino song. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Which... Maybe it would work. For those of you who don't know, Fats Domino was actually the original composer, writer of the song I'm Walking. I'm Walking. Yes, yes indeed, I'm, I'm walking. walking. Okay. Do, 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 <laughs> and I'm talking. Song, song, song. May he rest in peace because he recently passed away. I know. Away. It was like October, I think. Something like it was, that. Then the it was last not too months. long ago. It was too bad. But thankfully, the producer, Chris Thomas, thought, you know what? Synthesizers are going to be a better sound for this because it's the 1980s and what are we doing here? <laughs> but it works. And if you didn't have a synthesizer in your song, it was nothing. Yeah. Like, you at least had to have the synthesizer. The saxophone solo was pretty key, too, though. We have way too many, like, alliteration kind of things going on right now. Sexy sax solos, sensuous saxophone and synthesizers. (laughs) Synthesizers and sexy sax solos. Fuck. You know what? If you're drinking, how are we doing this right now? I'm just going to take a nice swig. Hold on. A swig of your sensuous sour ale. Ooh, Uh look at you. Five points to Ravenclaw. Yes, thank you. You don't get that reference. I don't know. (laughs) Um, I'm going to bring it down for a hot second, though, with this. After Michael's death in 1997, they played this song at his funeral while his coffin was being carried out by the remaining members of NXS and his younger brother. Wow. Yeah. I really brought it yeah, down. Yeah, I just like slam you oh, down Jesus on the ground Christ. with that. Hmm. Yeah. No, but it was really sad. God, oh. Actually, there is another podcast I could direct you guys to called um, The Last Ovation. It's pretty good. And she covers a Michael Hutchins episode. And it's really interesting. God. He actually read, he lived a pretty interesting life. It's kind of sad. You know, he had a, the addictions and mm-hmm. the, I think probably un- undiagnosed mental problems too. Probably. Which is you know, it's the 80s and 90s. We still really weren't on top of that shit. So then you kind of listen to the song. You're like, oh, this, just try not to. This has just, way more levels to it. Yeah, this, this really, I think, became in a lot of ways their unofficial song, especially in Australia. They they were like, yeah, this is our fucking song. Their yeah. soccer team, I believe, have taken this as their kind of song it's so weird yeah well we don't know shit about soccer because we're from america yeah sorry every other country football. it's football it is <laughs> what are you talking about football is when you slam your head into somebody else's head america beer <laughs> speaking of america and beer maybe we should doritos get <laughs> wait Hot dogs. lady doritos Speaking of ladies, maybe we should get to our last song, which is Sade's Smooth Operator.
when I originally was writing the notes for this episode, I made sure to put the timing of all the sax solos in so I could plop them up there. Mm-hmm. And this one, I was like, sax solo, sax solo everywhere. Everywhere. Also, this beer is hitting me quicker than most normal beers do, and I need to slow the fuck down. Yeah, this shit's 9%. Sexy sax solo. <laughs> I can still say drink it. Drink up, bitches. I'll drink. <laughs> so this song was released in 1985, which Ooh. I didn't realize it was so early. Early. Yeah, I, I thought it was like a 90s song. Yeah, Um. but yeah, it was... And that was actually the U.S. release. I think it was released in the U.K. two years before that. Holy shit. Okay. So, yeah. It's it's pretty self-explanatory if you listen to the lyrics. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much about a man who traverses the world using women to get money and whatever else he needs. And he's like this super suave guy, but he's a real dickbag. So it's like every character I play in D&D. Base. I always play yeah. a douchebag rogue who's just going to fuck everybody and steal yeah, their money. Yeah, he's definitely a rogue who seduces women to get what he wants. You know what? I could get behind this song <laughs> when I put it in Dungeons and Dragons terms. Yeah. That was your nerd tip for the day, kids. <laughs> we are pro D&D here. <laughs> we are, I'm just a real fucking nerd. Sorry, guys. We all are. Yeah. I'm, I'm nerd about certain things. You just don't. You're just, you're just, if I just say Lord of the Rings, <sighs> panties drop. Yep. <laughs> Game of Thrones, on it. <laughs> on it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I couldn't really find a whole lot about this song, except the fact that it was actually written by Sade and her, um, her old writing partner from her old band before the band Sade. It's actually... The, it's actually a band. I didn't know Shade. that. I didn't either. Also, but, I said Sade. I'm sorry. It's Sade. <laughs> it's Sade. You wouldn't know. Sade. There's a absent H in there. <laughs> Not just silent. It's better it's than absent. when I was a kid. I would see my dad's Sade album sit around and say, Sade. <laughs> yeah, Sade's real good. Because I was 13. <laughs> but no, it's Sade. I promise. I believe you. Um, but yeah. it was it was written by her and her old uh, writing partner in their old band, which was called Pride. And oh. then before they could finish the song, Pride broke up, and oh. then she formed another band. But her writing partner did not follow her to the new band. But even still, even though he didn't follow her, they ended up writing the song, finishing it, and then she recorded it with her new band. Oh, that's kind of nice, though. Yeah, it's kind of nice. I, oh, unless unless they got really mad afterwards. But if they didn't, then it's really I nice. I didn't find anything on what happened afterwards. There's but no, it seems to be like there's no shade behind it, so that's good. I mean, he's making money off of it, so... Oh, if you're making royalties, you're fine. Right, right, You're right. fine, then. But it ended up being, like, their, their biggest hit. I think uh, No Ordinary Love was also a pretty big Ooh. hit for them. But I think Smooth Operator was probably their most popular. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, that's the one I know better than. But it's it's a smooth operator song. It it's is pretty fucking sexy. I mean, here's the thing: any of these songs, you just fucking. I want you to go home, make a playlist of all these songs, play them from your significant other. You're gonna p- get. You're gonna get laid. You're gonna get laid. You're welcome. Happy Valentine's <laughs> Guaranteed. Day to you. Also, bring chocolate. Yeah, that's a good idea. Like, I'm, I, who doesn't like chocolate? I mean, unless you're, I guess, allergic to chocolate. I don't know. Well, that's just an unfortunate life. That is an unfortunate life. (laughs) Well, I think also, too, we both have some fun honorable mentions because we try to keep it pretty, pretty quick because honestly, we could go on forever about 
sexy sax we solos. had a pretty long list that we oh had to whittle down pretty um i'm uh, hopefully by the time i post this i will have put up a spotify account and if i do Ooh. i will put a link to it yes. and then you guys can follow playlists that we make yes i'm also drunk <laughs> so i'm hoping that i'm not just saying wishful thinking right now somebody remind us yeah please somebody someone remind me <laughs> Because it's not going to be me. <laughs> Even after I edit this and post it, I'll still like, I was going to do something. I don't remember. I, was gonna do. I drink a lot. I do drink a lot. <laughs> Hashtag I drink a lot. But we both had honorable mentions for this list. Like one song and we're like, we're not going to put it on the list officially, but mine would definitely be David Bowie's Soul Love. Hmm. It's such a good song. It's just and like. And it's David Bowie. It's David fucking Bowie. Like, how do you not say, oh, yeah, but like David Bowie, though. Yeah. You know, I I just, I don't know. And it's off my favorite album, too, Ziggy Stardust. It's, that is a great album. You know what? Listen to the fucking thing start from finish. It's so good. Modern Love also had a really good. Ooh, uh, Modern Love did have a great solo. Sax. Actually, a lot of Bowie's songs have great sax solos. You want to know why? Because uh, David Bowie played the saxophone. <laughs> just like you. Just like me. Guys, I'm just David Bowie. <laughs> Guys, I'm not David Bowie. I don't, I don't know. I'm not. I wish I was David Bowie. No, I don't. I don't think I do. Maybe I do. I don't know. No, I don't. Yes, I do. God damn it! It's a were, really no. If you were if you were David Bowie, you would be married to Iman. Okay. Yep. You know what? Wish I was Bowie. Yeah. You know, honestly, like, it sucks he's dead. I still fucking miss Bowie, but I I would be okay. I I kind of always say I'd be dead by sixty five anyway. So I'm I'm still upset over David Bowie and Prince. Oh. Both of them in the same year. Yeah, they're really hard to get it's over. Like a one two punch that sucks. Yeah. Fuck you, 2016. Yeah, we're you still were getting worst. over 2016, we're still getting over it. <laughs> it's going to be like 2022 and we're still going to be sitting there saying, <laughs> can't believe Bowie's dead. <laughs> I can't believe 2016 was a year. <sighs> <sighs> that was a hard year. But it, it, irregardless, Soul Love is a great song. You know, there's not necessarily just a single sax solo. It's another one of those songs that hits up the, no, there's a sax solo kind of throughout, which is great. So you know what? Plop that on for your girl, too. Or your boy. Whatever. Whatever you're into, you fucking make it happen. Mm-hmm. And what about you? What was your honorable mention? My honorable mention was actually a song that has, I'm pretty sure it has saxophone throughout, but also mm. has a pretty killer saxophone solo. Right. And it, it is It Must Be Love by Madness. Yes. Love, love, love. <laughs> oh, that's such a good song, though. It is, and it's actually a cover. Wait, what? Yeah, it's a cover. I did um, not know that. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, it was actually originally performed by uh, Lobby Sifra. Yup. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> sure. That's a, that's a name. <laughs> <laughs> um, who was? Um, he was actually an openly gay musician and poet that spent a lot of his time working on breaking down boundaries when it came to racism and homophobia. Oh. So he he released that in 1971. Holy shit! Yeah, and hashtag woke as fuck. Yeah, and that's pretty freaking amazing for yeah. 1971. Nobody was an openly. I don't know if he was actually openly gay in 1971, but right. at least I'm pretty sure by the time Madness covered and released this song, he was um, out and he had already written books of poetry and everything about racism and homophobia and everything. Jeez. So. 
this is a guy I did not know about until I did research. And now I'm really interested in learning more about him. And it would be awesome if we could do an episode on him, too. I'm down for it. I'm all about it. You know, I will say that is kind of the best part of doing this podcast is learning about different artists and music that we never knew about before. Yeah, People that are so interesting and have such amazing stories that we never knew about before and like why why didn't we know about this you know what the moral of the story is kids go to your fucking library open a book even though i mostly Shh. did internet searches or look at wikipedia <laughs> but also like know that snopes is a thing and sometimes you might have to double check things yeah 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 definitely snopes that shit yeah uh so madness released their version in 1981 and then re-released it in 1992 mm. and 1992 is when it really took off in america and that's when it started like showing up in movie soundtracks and commercials and stuff like that so if you recognize it, it's probably because you heard it on a commercial or something like that. Oh, I never... Yeah, it's probably one of the songs that you don't realize is yeah. in the middle of a commercial, but then you go like, back you and... You probably like, oh. hear it on a shit ton of like teen movies, and then you're like, oh yeah, I like this song, but I have no idea who sings it. I have no idea when it came out. I have no idea about anything. But it shows up on every fucking soundtrack. It's a, it's a little timeless like that. Right. But uh, the band didn't really want to record it originally. Oh. They 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 played it live as like part of their encore when they would do shows, but they never really had any interest in recording it. But then they're uh, they were on um, what's it called? Stiff Records at that time. And the owner of the record label, his name was Dave Robinson. Uh, he made a bet with the band. The band could have his record company. If they recorded the song and it did not become a top five hit. Oh, shit. That so they, is, again. It's, it's a pretty hefty. Taking a hammer, taking some nails, putting those balls on the wall. You're basically half in your coffin at that point. So <laughs> you're digging your own grave. But they record, they agreed to record it and it reached number four. Oh, shit. On the UK charts. <laughs> so the band did not get the record label. Oh. You know what? They're probably better off. Yeah. So the it's it's one of those really fun Madness is a really fun band period. Seriously. They were kind of ska in the early 80s. Yeah. They were the beginnings of ska definitely. Yeah, they had the the whole reggae thing down with the full band and the the horn section and everything. Yeah. Um so I think I think they did a really good job covering it. However, listening to the original by Lobby Sifra so good just him oh. with an acoustic guitar singing it with and like the little bass beat going oh it's really i need really i'll good. have to look that up yeah after this i'll have to show it to you it's, yeah it's fantastic that sounds really good actually i remember in college i only knew well i, I think i only knew our house by madness i did too and the- then i was dating a guy who had a madness album randomly <laughs> and it's funny because if you do this guy you'd be like Really? You have, an, you have a Madness album? All right, whatever. But we would listen to it on road trips, and I was like, yo, this band's real good. Yeah. They actually have several songs that um, I have heard a million times before, but I never knew who sang it. I never yeah. knew who wrote it. I, yeah. I just didn't know. And then doing research, I was just like playing all these Madness songs, and I was like, oh, shit. I know that song. Yeah. I didn't know. I never knew it was Madness. Yeah. I'm a fucking oh. idiot. Well, and that's and that's why you learn. 
That's why you do your research. We are constantly too. learning things. You're always here. learning. Don't ever stop learning, guys. Yeah. Uh, I will say before we close out, I feel bad that we didn't throw any Hall Notes out there. So apologies to Hall Notes. But at the same time, I feel that's. Colin Oates, if you're talking about saxophone solos... They have amazing... Okay, you know what we should have said? They also have a million. <laughs> we should have said, too, at the beginning of the episode, we're talking sexy sax solos. Yeah. There are a million amazing sax solos. I mean, Baker Street, yeah, of course. Let me, let me not tell you how every saxophonist, when they get their first saxophone i.e. me, when I was in middle school, I was like, all right, I'm going to learn Baker Street. Yeah. Everybody tries to learn Baker Street. That's the first thing you do. <laughs> all right? Yeah. And it's an amazing sax solo. There, and I think Hall Notes has amazing sax solos, but nothing necessarily I felt, I think either of us really felt. Like overtly sexy. Fit the list over any of the songs that we picked anyway. Right. I mean, granted, the Madness one isn't exactly sexy, it's about but love. it's very cute, and mm. it's about love, and it's our honorable mention. Not, it is an honorable not mention. Not in our, our top six. This is, uh, uh, granted, like, Maneater, definitely something I'll, I'll probably throw on a Spotify playlist Yeah, for you, because it's it's good. Yeah. I'm sorry, it's not good, but, you know, I just didn't think and it also, could come um, into the list. And also, I Can't Go For That has a pretty awesome saxophone solo in it. Does. It does. Don't so. think that we had an easy time with this list because <laughs> I think we spent a good hour and a half debating which songs to put on this list. Yeah. So we tried our best. We did our best. And I hope that these songs can be put on a little playlist for you and your significant other on Valentine's Day. And I hope you get some yeah. with this list. You know what? Get some. Get some. Go get you some <laughs> with this playlist. That's it. That's it. Thank you all for listening to this episode. By the way, we totes kept this way under an hour. We Sweet. kept this under 50 minutes. Sweet. Like, we did a good job. I'm, Pat ourselves I'm, on the back. I'm, I'm going to break my arm jerking myself <laughs> off tonight. Not even lying. Dean, you know what? You can jerk yourself off to sexy sax solos. Oh, I'm doing it. Jerking myself off to all the sexy sax solos. And we're still saying it, right? Yeah, so. we are. Yeah, good for us. Good for us. And if you all could go ahead, look on the internets, find us on Facebook and Instagram under Rock Candy Podcast. Find us under Twitter under Rock Candy Pod because they don't let us fit the whole name in there. <laughs> that would be great. We also have a website, rockcandypodcast.com. We're trying to keep this so easy. Just go and find us, like us. We're obsessively trying to get followers, so anything we can get, any bones you throw to us, we'll take it. Anything. Anything. Talk to us. Yeah. We're, we're kind of friendly. I, I, I'm overly friendly, I think. <laughs> please like me. <laughs> Just please. Why? Please I really want satiate friends. Maggie's total need to have people like her. I have such a desire for approval. <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> anyway, thank you all for listening to us this week. And uh, party on, Ashley. Party on, Maggie. And party on, you crazy kids out there. Bye. Have a sexy saxophone week. Still drink. <laughs>